Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White. And I had Alex Crook alongside me for today's show. We spoke about the new participant charter and asked whether or not it will correct player and fan behaviour in the game. Alex gave us the latest news from the summer transfer window and Chris Hewton joined us in studio to chat about Harry Kane's future and his role as head coach of Ghana. Alex, what do you make of this? Football authorities are seeking a reset on how those who play and watch the game conduct themselves in this new participant charter. What is it? It will see referees encouraged to issue at least uh, a yellow card if they are confronted by two or more players. But that's not all. The technical area code of conduct includes only one person being allowed to the front of the area to coach. So no coaches or substitutes are being allowed onto the pitch to confront officials at halftime or full-time. We saw what happened last season. It wasn't good. It didn't look good. It was far from good. Mark Bullingham, the FA chief exec, says, we want to fundamentally reset the behaviour of players and coaches from the top to the bottom of the game and give referees the best level of protection. Hallelujah! It's taken them long enough, has it not? And of course, this would help stamp out incidents like the Mitrovic one at Old Trafford that we saw towards the end of the season. You'll hear from Howard Webb, the top man at uh, the referees' organisation very shortly. But do you remember that Mitrovic moment? And Mitrovic! Is that a red card as well? For descent... And Fulham all of a sudden are down to nine. And Luis Bonmortes had to come onto the pitch near the edge of the centre circle to try and get Mitrovic away. And he's going back after the referee. There's real anger here amongst the Fulham players. Over a period of time, we've seen a decline in some behaviours, both on the field of play and in the technical areas. Not exclusive to the English game. We've seen it around, around the world. This is a, a culture change that we're trying to, trying to achieve, not just for now, not for today, not for tomorrow, not for the rest of the season, but for good. We're trying to change the way that behaviours are exhibited in our sport that have been allowed to decline year over year for many, many years that have now seen a situation where we have a lot of referees who are facing really difficult experiences at, at grassroots level. Numbers are generally around the world declining and 
I think enough is enough and this is our chance to leave a legacy of improved behaviour for the good of the game. Good on you, Howard. Let's hope it works. Alex Crook, uh, you commentate 19 top games. And of course, this season will be no different. You watch it week in, week out. Is this going to be the game changer regards player and fan behaviour that we need? Only if they see it through. You know, we, we, we've been promised things like this in the past. It's very easy to stamp out dissent, particularly from players. If, if as soon as a player gets in the face or tries to confront a referee, if he's shown a yellow card, if he does it again, he sh- he's shown a second yellow card and he's sent off then you will stamp it out very quickly. My issue with this is that referees haven't been strong enough to stop this level of abuse, and it has gone too far. This is long overdue, in my opinion. Obviously, those scenes at Old Trafford, I remember being on air that afternoon. I laid the blame firmly at Marco Silva's door because his ridiculous reaction to what was actually a nailed-on penalty got into the heads of his players. They lost it. Mitrovic, in particular, lost it. It cost Fulham dear because they were challenging for Europe at that stage and Mitrovic's suspension put pay to that. But, you know, Marco Silva, he should have been banned from the touchline for for the rest of the season, in my opinion, because he was the lightning rod for what happened at Old Trafford. Again, I think the FA missed an opportunity by not coming down hard enough. You had Jurgen Klopp towards the end of the season in the face of an assistant referee. He should have been hit much harder. So it's all well and good coming up with these ideas and the sentiments are admirable, but they've got to have the courage in their convictions. They've got to start putting their money where their mouth is and actually camping down hard on the offenders because it sets totally the wrong example. I go to watch grassroots football with my kids and... They're impressionable. You know, that they act on a Saturday morning like their Premier League heroes act on television that afternoon. So something does need yeah. to be done. Yeah. Would you be happy to see more yellow and red cards? I would. Because I think the Pers at B expect to see more of them yeah. right from the start of the season. So if we do see more of them, we're like, yeah, that's what it needs. And it won't take long. You know, if you, no if you, if you send a, a couple of players early on for dissent, for being aggressive towards a match official the other players will quickly fall into line because teams can't afford to have players sent off. Yeah. I mean, what, what, did, what did Mourinho get, Luke, uh, the, after the Roma game, after the Roma final? Four games. And that wasn't enough. That that, he was a disgrace. Absolute, absolutely terrible. Confronting a referee in a car park. He, he should have been banned from UEFA competitions for all of next season. And that, and that would have sent out a message. Don't do it again. It's not acceptable. I mean, this, this new uh, code of conduct for the technical area, the technical area code of conduct includes only one person being allowed at the front of the area to coach. Again, I remember that European final. Mourinho's literally getting off, getting out the, the, the dugout and saying to the rest of them, come with me, come on. Yeah. It's got to stop. It seems the big names, as you say, young kids are so impressionable. They'll look at Mourinho, they'll look at others, and they'll think, well, if he does it, we should do it. We can have a laugh at this. And my mind goes back, actually, to the under-21 European Championship final, glory night for England. But if you remember, there were chaotic scenes at the end of that game after Spain were awarded a penalty. There were red cards being brandished to various members of both coaches' backroom staff because they were uh, crowding the officials all on the technical area. So I think, actually, that rule, one person in the technical area... I think that would make a massive difference straight away because you won't you won't get those scenes. Well, right away, Alex. I'm, I'm just flashing through my mind. We're going to see some different images when the top games start because you, you never see Eddie Howe without Jason Tindall. You never see Jason Tindall without Eddie Howe. That's going to change. They're not going to be shoulder to shoulder. If they follow through with this, 
that's not, that's going to change. And, so and from number that partnership, one and number two are no longer going to be side by side in the technical area. Yeah, and quite often you'll find it's it's the number two. I mean, he's nicknamed Mad Dog, isn't he, Jason Tindall? I love Jason. <laughs> I've known him since he was a player at Bournemouth, but he's very often the agitator of the two. Eddie Howe is the calm head in the technical area. It's Jason Tindall who's in the face of the fourth official and, and the opposition dugout. So you're right, that will change that dynamic. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Alex, I know you were busy, certainly 20 to 10 onwards. You had your head down texting like crazy. What's coming back? Well, as we mentioned, into the last month of the transfer window, you've already raised it. West Ham fans a little bit concerned. It's more than 50 days now since they won that Conference League title. Brilliant achievement for them. Only the second European trophy in their history. It's a good few weeks since Declan Rice completed his British record, £105 million move to Arsenal, but still not a single player signed. And actually, more players looking to follow Declan Rice out of the exit. Gianluca Scamacca hasn't worked out for him at all. Certainly is one of those. We know there was a bid of around about £17 million from Inter Milan. That was rejected instantly, but he will keep pushing. Uh, Mikel Antonio, I think, is open to a new challenge. Aaron Cresswell, who was close to Wolves, doesn't look like that deal will happen, but he wants out. And I'm told even... Uh, Pakatar, one of the stars of last season, maybe isn't entirely enamoured with life at West Ham. So I think this is a really concerning state of events for West Ham fans. Well, well here we are. I mean, uh, August the 1st, so we're into a new month, and this is the month. And of course, the morning after the night before, over in Prague, West Ham, as Alex said, won the Europa Conference final. Of course they did, uh, against Fiorentina. And hours after that, West Ham's owner David Sullivan spoke exclusively to to this show and said, "Yeah, uh, Declan can go, and we're, the money we're going to get is going to be good for me in terms of uh, who we're going to buy." We promised him he could go. He set his heart on going. You can't ask for a man who's committed more to us this season. And in due course, I think we has to go. And we have to get a replacement, you know, or several replacements. In due course, well, due course is kind of coming and going, isn't it? Yeah, I think they would have expected uh, a replacement in the door by now. We've alluded to this quite a bit, but um, it looks like there's a clear issue now involving David Moyes, the manager, the manager who led West Ham to that European trophy last season, and Tim Steiden, the new sporting director, recruited from the Bundesliga. I think really because of his expertise when it came to the European market, certainly you look at Fofana, midfielder at Monaco, he's one that uh, Steiden has recommended to West Ham. But there seems to be definite pushback, I'm told, from David Moyes in in terms of the recommendations of the new sporting director. I wonder if that's because David Moyes has uh, loyalty to the likes of Mark Noble and Rob Newman, who seem to have been sidelined. Wouldn't surprise me if this led to the departure, even this early in his tenure, uh, of Steiden. Because you look at it, if he's not having the say that he wanted, then maybe he would start to question, well, what am I actually doing here? Yeah, as technical director, this is his field. Yeah. Um, uh, we mentioned Manchester United they're going to get the Danish lad of that uh, it seems almost certain uh, elsewhere what, what what's coming your way I've just had a message from the wife by the way she says tell Jim he's always on his phone uh, that's true particularly, oh, no. <laughs> particularly the transfer window tell her I witness it on a daily basis <laughs> I watch it um, we should talk about Chelsea actually because I think they're still in need of, of reinforcements Pochettino yeah. as much as he wants to clear the squad he wants to get his own players in as well one of them uh, could well be Dusan Vlaevic at Juventus number nine they're thin on the ground obviously we know that Lukaku wants to join Juventus and my understanding is that Chelsea and Juve in talks about some kind of potential swap. I think there's a lot of water to flow under the bridge before that happens. But 
they do look like they're missing that focal point, Chelsea. And Kunku's had a good pre-season, but he's not really an out-and-out number nine. Nicholas Jackson is a player who, again, has looked good in pre-season, but can he translate that to the Premier League? I think Pochettino looking for a bit more experience. And, of course, we're still in standstill mode when it comes to Chelsea and Moises Caicedo. No imminent sign of a breakthrough in negotiations there. So they're another team, Chelsea. You've got a lot of work to do between now and the big kickoff. You know, Alex, it, it, it just strikes me. It, it would not surprise me if Brighton end, up, Brighton end up holding on to Caicedo because a few days ago, I was in touch with one of the top brass, you know who I mean, at Brighton. And I was told in no uncertain terms, look, he's 21. Four more years left in his contract. We neither want nor need to sell him. And that's a strong message. And that's the message that Chelsea have been getting every time they've put in one of these low-ball offers. And, of course, the other discussion that's been taking place whenever Chelsea have been on the blower about Caicedo is, OK, well, can we have Levi Colwell as part of the deal? That clearly won't happen now. TalkSport broke the news last night that long-term contract, six years, we understand, has now been agreed between Chelsea and Levi Colwell. He's staying at Stamford Bridge. And I think that's significant because there was definitely a stage towards the end of last season, having spent the year on loan at Brighton, loved playing under Roberto De Zerbi, that Colwell wasn't necessarily desperate to get back to Chelsea, but he's spent a bit of time with Pochettino, we know he's a master at developing young players. I think Pochettino's played a big role in Colwell committing his future. And I would expect him to play regularly for Chelsea in the Premier League next season, which is good news for England, bearing in mind we've got a European Championship coming up at the end of the season. And dare I mention it, before we sign off at this particular moment, Bayern Munich, uh, over in Munich, said to be increasingly confident of signing Kane after holding positive talks with Daniel Levy yesterday. Yeah, Tottenham are remaining tight-lipped uh, on this situation. I know you've reached out to people at Spurs this morning and, and got nothing back. I did the same yesterday. I think they're keen for it not to become a soap opera, not to provide a running commentary. We know the meeting took place. We know there's still a gap in uh, the valuation of the two football clubs of around about £25 million. So that seems a, a fairly big gap that will need to be made up. But the mere fact that Daniel Levy is entering into face-to-face talks over lunch with his Bayern counterparts, I think that's a big indicator, A, that Harry Kane has expressed that he wants to go to Bayern Munich, and B, that maybe for the first time, Daniel Levy is actively contemplating selling Tottenham star striker. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. I am delighted still with the Tottenham theme. A man who played, I would have thought, 300-plus games, maybe more, uh, joins us here in the studio. Of course, uh, he's managed Brighton. He managed uh, Newcastle United and now managing Ghana, the international team. I'm delighted to say Chris Hutton is with us here in studio. Mr Chris Hutton, I was outside the studio saying hello to you there. You look... I'm not joking. You're in your 60s like me. You look as if you could still play. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm very good and uh, that I appreciate very much. And uh, and probably apart from this knee, which is not in the best of shapes, then, then maybe I could. I think listening and seeing some of the... The, the game that went on a couple of days ago, then I think probably I could have done that. You'd have been fine. You wouldn't have believed the standard that, that was on show that day. Uh, the Talksport breakfast team up against uh, the All-Stars, as they amusingly called themselves. Uh, but you're in good fettle. I'm delighted to see you. Having given so much of your life to Tottenham, when, when you hear Alex bringing us up to date with the ongoing situation with Kane, what's your gut feeling in this? Is there any way you can predict what might happen? No, I don't think uh, there is any way you can predict because I think that's the nature of the game now. Uh, I must admit, all along I, I've felt that that Harry would stay and see out his contract. And, and I think that's probably for a couple of reasons. One, because of what he means to Tottenham and what the club means to him. 
but also it's about where he goes. And, and probably there are only a handful of clubs that I could see him leaving Tottenham to go to. At this moment, obviously, it seems like he'll stay or it'll be Bayern. And probably I can still see him staying. You can still see... I mean, from what Alex is saying there, it's now get on with it time, isn't it? Kane, Kane reportedly saying, look, if it's not done by the first game, then as soon as I pull on the Tottenham shirt in earnest again, that'll be it for me. I stay. So he's maybe trying to bring it to a head as well. But as you and I speak, Alex, this lunchtime in Munich, Bayern are confident they're still going to get him. Yeah, I think Kane's attitude this time around is different to the Manchester City saga when obviously reported late for training. He did that fairly explosive interview with Gary Neville suggesting that maybe the time had come to leave Tottenham, that he wanted to, to put some trophies in the cabinet. He's kept a very dignified silence this time. And I genuinely believe that he's probably torn. I think he fancies that the, the possibility of going to play in Bayern Munich, probably winning the Bundesliga and going deep into the Champions League. But I think he's also excited to see what Ange Postecoglou can do at Tottenham. So I don't think he's going to force his way out. I think if Tottenham and Bayern can come to a, an agreement over a fee, then I think he'll have a life-changing decision to make, won't he? No, I, I, I think the same. I think this is, this is, this is such a high-profile transfer and we all know that in practice this can go through to the last day of the window yeah you know, it, it can do but you sense it won't I think with this one I think with both parties in particular I think uh, Harry Kane himself I think if if he was to move I think he, he would want it organized and structured mm. earlier and and I don't think what he would want is the saga of it going through to the start of the season playing games and then that last day of the window he ends up going Yes, so, I'm delighted we've got you in here with us. Before we leave the Harry Kane topic, the decision here, a lot of the background noise is what does he do, Chris? Because does it come down to a, an argument of individual accolades versus actually winning trophies? You know, he wants he wants to be the top goal scorer. He wants the record. I get all that. At Munich, he's pretty darn certain he's going to win a cup. Well, I think you can sit in both sides and... The reality is that there's only one person who knows, and yes. of course that's Harry Kane himself. Um, but I see the, the two sides. Yes, I think to, to go to Bayern, I think he's uh, as guaranteed as you can be uh, of of uh, domestic, certainly domestic trophies. But also, there's no harm in being seen as a Spurs legend that potentially breaks the, the Premier League goal scoring records and. And to be remembered that way, you know, right. I, I think we can probably go back to, you know, what Alan Shearer means to, to everybody at, at Newcastle and look at it in a similar way. I don't think that's a, a bad way for it to happen. How would history judge Harry Kane if he stays in England and he becomes the Premier League record goal scorer? Would that mean more to the wider public in this country than if he went to Bayern Munich and won a couple of Bundesligas? I think it would mean more to the Spurs supporters than the wider public. But but I think the perception of, of, of Harry Kane... I think it's not... I think there are two sides. One about winning trophies and playing for England and goal-scoring records. Yeah. Um, but also as a personality and a character. I think he is seen upon as such a good individual you speak to his teammates and what they speak about how he is every day in training you know what he means to them so I think with with Harry I think it means it means more and and uh, go back to say I, I think it's not the end of the world if he ended up being a Spurs legend that's that ended up breaking the, the Premier League goal scoring record I'm looking at the messages coming in um 
not surprisingly, a lot of Brighton supporters thanking you for what you did in your time there. We'll get to that. But quite a number of uh, maybe fellas my age who remember you playing for Tottenham saying he was great for us. Hutton, he was great for us. When you look at Tottenham now, Chris, Postacoglu's there. And people were saying, who? Honestly, when, when his name started coming up, a lot of people, a lot of people down here were saying, what, the Celtic manager, is it the chat that was in charge? Of it? Yes, it is. So where are Tottenham going into this new season? Do you think they're going to crack this hoodoo, hoodoo and win a trophy this season? Because that's what he's there to do, with or without Kane. Well, I think first and foremost, anybody you speak to, uh, he's regarded as a very good coach, you know, first and foremost. And, and that's the reason why... He's at Tottenham Hotspur at this moment. The the club have, of course, gone down the route of, in particular, two you know, very big names that, that, that have achieved well in their, in their careers. And, and probably it's just a, a change of tact, a change of, of direction. There is no doubt that, that there are so many aspects of the, the Tottenham Hotspur story as regards the, the stadium, the, tr the training facilities and and perhaps the future that are in the right place but of course it's about the now and you know winning trophies and, and being successful at the moment they're a little way away from that uh, as the league table has shown and mm. and what they've done in the last but um as with any club of that stature things can change and they're always striving for that change and yeah. we we hope of course it's sooner rather than later and that's why the change of manager and the change of direction. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Former Tottenham defender, I remember I saw him play, uh, Chris Hutton, but in studio with us. Now, of course, formerly manager of Brighton, formerly manager of Newcastle United, now looking after the Ghanaian national team. Uh, Chris, I'm delighted that you tell me you're a fan of the show when Jordan's on, or even Darren McAntony last week. Tell us what happened last week. You were in your car. You're, you're in your car with your wife. McAntony was in full <laughs> full flow, was he? Yeah, well, he was in full flow, so it, it was a compelling listening, that, that's for sure. And then... <laughs> 
my wife decided to take a phone call in the car and I abruptly told her, can she, can she keep quiet or turn the, turn the phone off? Uh, no, it was in, enthralling stuff and, you know, that's why, Jim, I know I'm on this show at this particular moment, but that's why um, the, the listenership has gone up and up and it's uh, such a good programme. Oh, thank you, Chris. Delighted that you're part of it. So tell me, I mean, you joined the Ghanaian setup. And as I say, it's a, it's a country that I very much have an emotional attachment to, uh, having visited it. I love the place. I love the passion for football. You went there, you've been working as technical advisor, and now you've got the main gig. So how did that happen and what is life like? Uh, well, I'll, I'll try and get through it as, as quick as possible. It, it actually started when I was here on holiday. My father my passed away about uh, four or five months ago. Um, fortunately, he was um, still alive when I was given the role as, as head coach and very proud to do so. Um, but I was here on holiday. The, hadn't done so well in, in AFCON. They changed the coach. Um, wanted to bring in another coach, Otto Wadu, who's uh, one of the assistant coaches at Dortmund. Very, very good coach. So I was here on holiday. Um, most people were, thought I was there for the job, which wasn't the case. But it worked out that they, they asked me, because I wasn't working, they knew my father was from Ghana, is would I be technical advisor? There was two big games coming up, qualification games against Nigeria, which we won. Oof, and that's a big, that's a crunch derby, <laughs> that, that's, isn't it? That's a, a big derby game yeah. and uh, they, they have some very strong players. Um, so the fact that we won, that they asked me if I would, would continue this role going through to the World Cup. So in effect, the role was an experienced coach. You have Ghanaian parentage. Can you help? And uh, my role was to to support the, the head coach, the technical team, and try to be that in between between the technical staff and the, the association. Post World Cup, they asked me if I would be a head coach, which um, didn't take me very long to accept. Fantastic. I mean, what's it like? How much of your time do you spend there? How much of your time do you spend here? Uh, I'm there probably for about a third of the year, and I think my my responsibilities for being there are very much about the the local game you know their their premier league as such uh, albeit the the large majority if not sometimes all of the players in the squad are, are european based and you know quite a few here in england um, but it's part of my responsibility to look at the local game um, trying to uh, encourage those that are doing well in the local game that, you know, there are potential places for them in, you know, the Black Stars squad. So I think that's an important aspect and it's important to be seen to be there. I mean, it's produced some marvellous players over the years, Alex. Absolutely. The, the Ghanaian squads have always been so strong with flair. Great players. And some marvellous moments as well. We all remember yes. the Asamoah Gyan penalty miss, don't we, against uh, yes. Uruguay, Uruguay when... You know, that's a great opportunity to, to go deep into a World Cup. Obviously, part of your remit has been to to attract Premier League-based players as well. Tarek Lamptey, uh, one of your former players at Brighton, changing allegiances. Um, yes, and um, but the the deeper I get into this role, the the more players that that uh, has become apparent have you know Ghanaian heritage, not just here, you know, throughout Europe. In in my time being involved, of course, most of that has been as technical advisor and. Uh, the head coach Otto Adu, I think we've brought in eleven new players into the squad, so it, it is also about getting that balance because there are so many players that can become ineligible. You know, you can't be bringing in a new player every you know every squad that you pick, because otherwise that merry-go-round goes round too quick and 
players are off it and don't come back on it again. So I think we have to be careful to have some stability. But yes, uh, Tariq was one that um, that uh, has done had a wonderful start at, at Brighton, which uh, alerted I think England mm-hmm. also. Um, and it's a pleasure for, for him to be involved, albeit he's had, he's had a couple of injuries of late. I was going to say, lost his way a, li- a little bit. How's, how's he looking a- ahead of the new no. season? Because there was talk that he might be allowed to, to leave Brighton, but that was quickly played down to me. The Zerby season was part of his plans. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure at the moment. I mean, he, he missed part of last season through injury. Of course, you've got a head coach there that's done very well and, and has had a, a relatively settled squad. Um, but it's, it's a squad that, you know, rotates a fair amount. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he can get the game time that he needs this season because he's still of that age. Mm. Uh, you're with us live, Mr. Hutton, so I'm not going to miss the opportunity. You've got Lamptey. Uh, you're going to get players like Callum Hudson Adoy. You're going to get Eddie Nketiah. They're eligible. Can you get them? Yeah, well, I, I think the, the, the issue has been, and, and it's understandable, particularly, I think, for somebody like myself that was, that was born here. Um, had a, an Irish mother or has an Irish mother, a Ghanaian father and you know, chose to play for Ireland at that, at that particular time and these are two players that, that, that have re- represented England at you know, I think quite a few of the underage teams so some of it's understandable um, we have been in, in contact with them, not only in my time I think um, before, so I think it, it is a process, you know ultimately it will be about both of them um, making that decision that um, that they want to play. Um, but we have been in good dialogue with them. And uh, some of it, as I say, is is understandable. Yeah, I mean, they'd be welcome with open arms, wouldn't they? Two, two very good players. Um, if, uh, Hudson Odoi, I think, probably last season, didn't play the amount of games that he would have liked. But I think that was a little bit more down to the system that they were playing, playing three at the back. So... It looked like if he was going to be employed, it would be mostly as a, as a wing-back. So hopefully, um, wherever he ends up this season, he plays more regular. And uh, maybe that will get the process started again. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show.